Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, August 9th, 2019. Today we're reading from the Big Book, Chapter 4, We Agnostics, and we're on page 47, the first paragraph. Today's readers are, for the 12 Steps, Matt M., 12 Traditions, Madeline R., and reading the text are Susan H., Barbara E., and Lauren M. The reference numbers for Thursday, August 8, 2019, are for the 7 a.m., 13,254, that's 13254, and for the 10 a.m. are 13,255. That's 13255. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Matt M. to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Katie, for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M., a compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Here are the steps to the to Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless small inventory of ourselves. Five, made to God to ourselves to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons who made a harm and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, so and do so and injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. I will now ask Madeline R. to read the 12 steps. Thank you. This is Madeline R. recovering here in Pennsylvania, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, 
Each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communications. And 12, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I'll pass. Thank you, Madeline. <clears throat> How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book means to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 47, the first paragraph starting with, when therefore we speak to you of God. I will ask Susan H. to begin reading. Star one to unmute, Susan. Okay, now I'm unmuted. This is Susan okay. H. Good morning, and thank you for your service. Uh, this is Susan H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Ohio today in Hazard, Kentucky. When therefore we speak to you of God, we mean your own conception of God. This applies to, to other spiritual expressions which you find in this book. Do not let any prejudice you may have against spiritual terms deter you from honestly asking yourself what they mean to you. At the start, this was all we needed to commence spiritual growth, to affect our first conscious relation with God as we understood him. Afterward, we found ourselves accepting many things, which then seemed entirely out of reach. That was growth. But if we wished to grow, we had to begin somewhere. So we used our own conception, however limited it was. Um, 
that was very encouraging the first time I read through this with my my sponsor because my my conception of God was extremely limited <laughs> at that time. Uh, there was an old timer in my face to face meetings who had told me that uh, it's a good idea to come up with a list of what you need in God, and and I did, although I rolled my eyes, but I did. Um, but it did help me because love was 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 the first thing, the first thing I knew I needed in a higher power. Um, and my desperation had put me in a place where I was willing to believe. So it was very encouraging to hear that was all I needed for a start. And it's so true. It's so true. Every day I, I learn more. And my conception of my higher power gets deeper. It's because um, my higher power happens to be the best and most patient teacher I have ever known. And I learn every day. And I'm so glad to be here and sharing my journey and sharing your journeys. I'm so glad to have this telephone meeting. I will pass. Thank you so much, Susan, for getting us started. So we're in that first paragraph on page 47. Who else would like to share if you haven't shared the last day or two? Charles H. Chuck K. Chuck K. Dion R. Who else? This is Raquel from Is that L? Yes. Raquel and Devette. Was that Devette? I got you, Raquel. Yvette. Yvette. I'm sorry. Okay. Take one or two more. Okay. Well, let's go with this group. Barbara. Charles A. Barbara. Okay, A. Barbara. I got you, Barbara. Okay, Charles H., Chuck K., Dion R., Raquel, Yvette, and Barbara E. Go ahead, please, Charles. Thank you, Katie, for your loyal service and all you do for this meeting. It's mine. Charles H., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, This paragraph is very juicy. Um, You know, when, therefore, we speak to you of God, we mean your own conception of God. This reminds me of page 12 of what Eddie you know, uh, the question that he gave to Bill, why don't you choose your own conception? It also reminds me of the third paragraph in the doc's opinion where Ebby gave Bill W. Um, a conception and some ideas. Um, it says that's all we need to commence, which means to begin spiritual growth. You know, it doesn't matter if I read the book and realized that the word God is in there 500 times. That's just my process. It doesn't matter what my conception of or your conception of God is. If it's working for me, yippee! It doesn't matter to anybody else. And if if it does, it doesn't matter to me. And that's so beautiful that um, this God or this higher power or this creative intelligence or this czar of the universe, it doesn't matter, like, to anybody else. And if I um, feel some type of way, if somebody else feels some type of way about my God, 
then something's wrong with my spiritual growth. And I need, and, and that word growth uh, is imperative. Like every single day I have to enlarge my spiritual growth. And other people's opinion of, of their God, that's their business. And my opinion of my God is my business because uh, if I'm in your head, I'm out of my mind. So, you know, thank God that uh, this unrecovered pumpkin can be recovered one more time again. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie, for your service. Thank you, Charles. Okay, Chuck K., you're up, followed by Dion R. Hey, good morning. This is Chuck. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hey, good morning, everybody. Um, I've really learned a lot about God in this past couple of weeks. And I like when it said, the only thing I need to know about God is there is one and it's not me. And that's just a basic foundation that I can grow on. And what I'm realizing is um, my conception of God has changed. Now, I went to church all my life. I married the daughter of a Southern Baptist preacher. My kids go to church. We go to church. But the question was asked early on in program with my first sponsor, you know, if, if, if you have such a good relationship with God, why isn't he helping you with this? Why are you heavy? And at first I had no answer. And then I realized God just doesn't want to enable me. God loves me enough to understand that there's lessons that I need to learn that program can teach me that I have to do. And so if God were to take away the fat, then I would not have the opportunity to learn these lessons and experience the vast amount of fun that's in this program, the people I meet, the places I go, and the things I can do. I would not have seen that had God taken my fat away from me. I would not have had those experiences, and I wouldn't be experiencing this wonderful joy of program. I wouldn't be on this line this morning being encouraged. So I'm very thankful for that, and I'm thankful also for a God that is personal to me. And that's one of the things I think I missed, and I heard it the other week where somebody said they had a conception very similar to mine, that God's way up there, and I'm down here, and I'm going to mess up, and he's going to judge me and forgive me, and not the, the conception of God is right here with me. And the only thing stopping me from communicating with God is me. And so if my, that is why if my conception is not helping me, then I can fire that God. doesn't mean God's not there. God has to be there for everybody, all the individuals on this earth. And really the only thing that's ever blocking me from God is me. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Chuck. Okay, Dion R., you're up, followed by Raquel. Uh, yeah. Hi, this is Dion R., recover compulsive overeater. I'm very grateful today. Um, and uh, choosing our own conception of, you know, of a higher power. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> I love what everyone shared, and even yesterday, just all this chapter on we agnostics and just when I think I've I've got it down pat, I learn more, and I find out for me my higher power keeps evolving, it keeps growing, because um, of course, you know, I know most of us uh, had a problem with our higher power. Most, maybe not everybody. I know I did. Had a problem with the the God of my concept, uh, which was a punishing God, of course. And then after being in the program for a few years, I still believe in God, but. I just felt I wasn't good enough to get a blessing from him, if that makes sense. And as I grow in recovery, I'm still learning that what I think I know a lot. 
it changes. It, it keeps changing. I don't know uh, what I don't know, but I'm willing to learn. And the group was my higher power at one time. My sponsor was a higher power, and she blessed her heart. My OA sponsor suggested that I, at that time, created the, uh, a higher power that if 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 I had one, what would he look like? And that was, I'm like, can you do that with that? <laughs> that's like sacrilegious, but, you know, to be able to, I was able to write it down, and I used that. And exactly what I wrote down, and this is after working the steps, so the God that I wrote down is the same God that I, I feel and experience today, you know, and I got to keep giving back what was freely given to me um, because my uh, higher power is a loving God, and he's not that punishing um person that even if I thought wrong, I would go to hell or wherever. And today, to to be without food in my life and still have a beautiful life, and even though good and bad happen, that's priceless. So, yes, I uh, I uh, just I would just suggest to anybody, keep an open mind, especially newcomers, because we keep growing and evolving. And if I keep doing what I did yesterday, I'll have a good day today, too. And with that, I'll pass, guys. Thanks for allowing me to share this morning. Thank you, Dion. Okay, now we'll have Raquel followed by Yvette. Hello. Hi, Katie. Hi, all my family there. I sure need you guys now more than ever. I think God is really putting me through another phase of where I'm going to to finally, hopefully, leave alone all self-sufficiency. Um, I'm listening very carefully. I don't always participate uh, because I'm not always near my computer and I can't do the phone. So um, what we are studying now, all these diagnostics, for me, the, the, the hitch is something that I, I'm kind of ashamed to say, but I've got to get honest. I have no problem with any conception of God. I am a Bible teacher and I've I, I trust in God, in his wisdom, his collective care for all of us. I didn't set my timer. Could you please, Katie, uh, time me? Um, so, But the thing is with trust is the ability to trust. And I find that with quite a few of my friends who've gone through a heavy history like mine uh, and worse, that the, the, it's almost like missing an enzyme there that that is called trust. And I get a lot of help in this area from the 24 hours a day of alcoholics. And I don't, I hope you don't mind if I share a little bit of that. It says here on today's reading, when you ask God to change you, you must at the same time fully trust him. If you do not fully trust him, God may answer your prayer as a rescuer does that of a drowning person who is putting up too much of a struggle. And I saw it happening. The rescuer must first render the person still more helpless until he or she is wholly at the rescuer's mercy. Just so must we or must I be wholly at God's mercy before I can be rescued. And I've seen it at sea, because here in Mediterranean, we swim. And if somebody gets in trouble because there's a, like a whirlpool and the rescuer comes to rescue him, 
and he's putting up a struggle. He's got to hit him over the head with his uh, oar, with his oar, because otherwise he can pull him down with him. Because the struggle for life or death is so fierce, so that sometimes he has to render him totally helpless. And I think God is just about to, because uh, after I took people to this raw food place, and it went so fine for them and for me, and I lost weight, but there are some things there that are innocent for other people, but I can't have them. It's a raw food place. There's no meat. They make their protein out of all kinds of... Gentle uh, reminder. Yes, I'm stopping. I, I'll wrap up. So now I have to cling even closer to you guys and then hopefully to God so that I don't get lost because it evoked in me some the, the, the mental obsession that maybe by now I can have some things and I can't. Thank you for being there for me. Wonderful recovering for everybody. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Raquel. Okay, Yvette, it's your turn, then Barbara E. Hi, this is Yvette. I'm a grateful recovering compulsive overeater in New Britain, Connecticut. Um, and this is my first time sharing on this meeting. I've been listening uh, for several months now and um, just felt moved to comment about uh, the passage that we read about uh, my concept of God, which has uh, changed um, dramatically over the, the years that I've been in these rooms. Um, and uh, working with a sponsor, um, uh, just wrote yesterday what my concept is, and a lot more simple than it was years ago. My concept of God is um, a gentle, loving, supportive guide, and uh, that wants to help me. And if I can keep it that simple, then um, it's very easy for me to um, believe in, in that kind of uh, power that's greater than myself. Um, so I am very grateful, um, and with that, I pass. Okay, thank you, Yvette, and welcome. Uh, Barbara E., it's your turn, then we'll open it up for more people. Good morning, everyone. It's Barbara E. in New Jersey. Well, I call, may I be heard? Can I be heard yes. right now? Yes. Oh, good. Yes, you can. Sometimes I double yours. I called into the rooms of OA for another diet. I've been on so many. I'd get thin and miserable, and then in the course of a year, go back to being fat and miserable. I was exhausted. I began to be convinced that I had no power to control the beast that was killing me and creating havoc at home. I was without any power and without any control to break the cycle of addiction. And this new diet program talked of a three-legged stool, physical, mental, spiritual, and I need to find a God to be my power source. I don't know about you, but it sounded like a cult to me. That mention of God made me hesitant about trying this program of spirituality. That was suggested, and from being willing to consider the possibility of a higher power that might be available to me. But interestingly enough, something kept drawing me back week after week. That was my higher power at work, but I didn't realize it yet. I heard people talking about being joyfully abstinent from overeating 
and about being free of resentments? What did this have to do with getting thin? I had a desperate need to find that power that you talked of that could help me. I had to lay aside my prejudice and my desire to control in order for this unimaginable, incredible power source to really enter my heart. Amazingly, I did find that I could believe in something that I thought of only as a theory that a person like me mired in this cycle of addiction could access this power that could and would short-circuit my obsession to kill myself with food and to experience, experience a spiritual transformation of my attitudes and motives and to see that this God consciousness is done to us, not by us. I work all the steps every day is no graduation for me from OA University. I know that I must work with others and pay it forward or I might again go back to killing myself with a knife, a fork, and a spoon. I had to accept that I'm an imperfect person doing her best to be a better person and not beating myself up for not doing things perfectly and knowing that God loved me just the way I am and astonishing to me, I've been happily Time, please. Thank you. For 22 years, that's God doing for me what I could never do for myself. Have a beautiful weekend. I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, so if you are just joining us, we are on page 47, the first paragraph, when therefore we speak to you of God. And if you've not shared in the last day or two, please give me your first name and the first initial of your last name. Anita L. Anita L. Nancy S. I think I heard first. L. Anita L. And there was a Nancy. Nancy L. Oh, it is Nancy L. Okay. Go. Okay. And who else? Monica M. Monica T. And who was that M? Emma. Emma. Simma. S I M A. Okay. Simma. And who else? Sigrid F. Sigrid F. We can take one or two more. Okay. Let's go with Nancy Christy L. H. Anita L. Chrissy H. Kristen H. Yeah. Okay, so let's stop there. Anita, uh, Nancy L, Anita L, Monica T, Sima, Sigrid F, and Kristen H. Okay, Nancy L, go ahead, please. Oh, good morning. Good morning, Team Friday, and everybody on the line. This is Nancy L in Arizona, recovered today. You know, um, I'm reminded of uh, when I was in my 30s, and um, I was I was pretty huge. And uh, I sang in the choir every Sunday. And usually most of my benches were like Monday night, Wednesday night, Saturday night. And uh, when no one was around, when a family was in bed. So I would, 
I would put on this pink dress. I just remember that I was down to wearing one dress that would fit. It was pink. I felt like a pink elephant. And I get up there in the choir and all of a sudden with the beautiful music and the just the, the, the presence of God, I would just start crying, God, I'm so sorry, I will never do that again, and, and on and on. And you know, what I, when I look back, I think that it would be, I was acting like a little child that fell down and skinned her knee, and the bleeding is just uncontrollable. And I would say to my little self, when my bleeding stops, then I'll go see Mama, and she can fix it. When my bleeding stops, now who who would do that? But you know, you're usually just you're going to run to mom, and she's going to fix it, and you're going to feel comforted, and she's going to give you hugs and kisses. But you know, in those days, it was just all about Nancy, and how bad Nancy was when she ate, and how good Nancy was when she didn't eat. But today, I serve a God that I can come to Him with anything, and sometimes I don't, but most of the time now I do, and I feel that. Re- I feel the presence of God, and I also feel that he's saying, give it to me, give it to me, let's sit down and, and we'll talk about this. And I'm so grateful uh, to be in a healthy body today. Thank you, God. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Nancy. Okay, Anita L., it's your turn, followed by Monica T. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia, recovered just for today by the grace of God. And uh, I wanted to share today because we're talked about our own conception of God. I wanted to just share with others who have a difficult time with that word that I, too, also, when I first came to OA, I mean... Um, I just didn't really want to hear that, that that was part of this program. I just thought I was walking into a weight loss group. I didn't really know, uh, and I didn't know what, that it was a 12-step program. I was in my 20s, and, uh, you know, I, I was kind of ignorant in that respect. However, in all the years that I've been coming, you know, my... my uh, conception, my understanding, my way of thinking about my higher power has grown and developed. And in the beginning, um, and for many years, I said he attached to the word God. However, I have a fear of authority figures, and mainly because of my dad growing up. So that was masculine. And when they said he, I really never related to that. And it's so important that I can relate into my higher power and have a faith and trust that my higher power will carry me through whatever situation comes up. And so I let go of of that pronoun, he, and then I said she, he, so that it would be both qualities, you know, of uh, both aspects, the male and the female. And then I relapsed again, and somebody came up to me and said, why do you have to attach a pronoun to your higher power? Why can't it just be? It just is. And I heard somebody, I think it was yesterday, say she calls her higher power I am. I really like that. I am what I am what I am, you know. Um, Anyway, so I really love... uh, 
the fact that my higher power lives within me. And whenever I uh, tap into my higher power, I feel an energy in my body. And so that's what my higher power is, a loving, protective, guiding, forgiving energy, etc., etc., etc. So many beautiful adjectives attached to my higher power who just wants the best for me. And the best may not always be easy and happy because no pain, no gain, right? So anyway, that's what I wanted to say, that for me today, my higher power is a loving energy, and I don't need to give a uh, pronoun, attach a pronoun to it. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Anita. Okay, Monica T., you're up, followed by Sima. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater presently in Vermont. So here we are in the chapter, we agnostics, we, without knowledge, you know, I've got an issue. That's why I'm here. And now I have another issue, this God thing you're all talking about. So when therefore we speak to you of God, we mean your own conception of God. And I looked up the word conception, your own idea, your own thought, your own design. And like Abby said to Bill, you know, why don't you come up with your own idea or thought design for this God thing? And then the book goes on to say, do not let any prejudice old ideas you may have against spiritual terms deter you, discourage you from honestly asking yourself what they mean to you. So here's a little set-aside prayer thinking going on. So, Monica, your way hasn't worked. Are you willing to set aside some of your old ideas? Are you willing to come up with your own conception, your own idea, thought, design of a higher power that works for you? And then here the big book is giving me a lot of hope. At the start, this was all we need to commence spiritual growth. So, with my saying yes, I'm willing to believe there's something else. There's even, or just willing to believe in the possibility of something else. They're saying, yay, you've made your first conscious contact with this power, with your willingness. That was a lot of hope. I didn't have to understand what this was. I didn't have to have this all figured out. I really didn't even have to have full trust or belief here. Was I willing to try something different? That's what this whole chapter is about. Are you willing to set aside your old ideas? Are you willing to think outside of the box? Because you know what, Monica? Your way has not worked and you're in a lot of pain. Are you willing to try something different? And I sure am glad that I did, because it's a whole different story today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Okay, Sima, you're up, followed by Sigrid F. Good morning. This is Sima M., grateful, compulsive overreader, living in recovery in New Jersey. Uh, I'm kind of a gullible person and uh, not very questioning. I know when I came into OA... I was already thin, so I knew what it was like to lose weight successfully, but I also knew the reason I came in is because I was struck with fear knowing that I had gained everything back before and I didn't understand what was wrong with me. 
So I didn't come in for a food plan, and I didn't come in to lose weight. I came in because I was insane, and I didn't even know I was insane. I didn't know there were other insane people uh, like me. So, um, so when it came to speaking of God, um, I never had any negative conception of God or any positive conception of God. I just accepted that there was a God, but I didn't know that I had any uh, personal relationship with God. But I was willing to just believe everything I was told. So um, today I found that um, I have a personal relationship with God. I have a God that I can rely on, um, that I call on often, that I talk to often, that I pray to often, and that um, the concept changes. I don't believe it's strictly um, a religious God or that it's it's a, it's a power in the universe. It's... Um, that there's many spiritual paths to God and uh, that anyone can get there as long as they're um, open-minded. Um, and I don't have anything negative to say about God. Um, God is just a power that I connect to. And i um, so grateful that I have um, someone outside of myself and someone that's not a human being that's there no matter when, no matter what. And that gives me great peace of mind and comfort and able to sleep at night and not to worry anymore and not to fear anymore that I'm going to be in the grips of this uh, compulsive overeating disease. So I'm grateful to OA and I'm very grateful to this Vision for You meeting and I'll pass. Thank you, Sima. Okay, Sigrid F., it's your turn, followed by Kristen H. Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Sigrid F. in South Florida. And, you know, I'm grateful that I always believed in a God. I was brought up that way, and I believed. I, I saw miracles at times around me, and I did believe there was a God. But I, didn't, I did struggle with my weight from at least teenage years, up and down, yo-yo, until I was 48 and I finally came into program. That was about five and a half years ago. And as I studied program, I realized that my conception of God was one that uh, was an order taker. You know, it should be my way and I should have this and God give me this and how come I can't have that? And I want things to be this way. And it wasn't always just for me. It might have been for people around me, but it was still me giving orders and, you know, God not always delivering, right? And I, my conception started changing to something bigger, a God that I could really not comprehend. And so that had to be faceless, bodiless. It had to be something that is so far beyond my comprehension and so powerful that it can solve my problems. So that was a start for me. Even though I believed in God, this conception has changed over time. And as I'm traveling this road, I know that I'm given challenges to grow and to learn, and that's God's will. And I don't always comply so quickly. My will sometimes still gets in the way. Even though I know God's plan is better, 
sometimes my will still gets in the way. Happened this week where something was being revealed to me. And instead of taking it as information and learning from it and figuring out what the right path, I took it personally and started thinking how I'm not good enough, my, my common defect theme. And you know what? I finally, I knew I needed to let go. I know I'm good enough, but I struggled for a day and a half until I finally let go again and the peace descended on me once again. And I'm grateful that I did not eat during that time, that that has been lifted. And um, that's just what I wanted to share today. Thank you for giving me the time. Wishing you all a blessed day. Thank you, Sigrid. Okay, and now we have Kristen H. Hi, this is Kristen H. from Houston, Texas. Can you hear me okay? It's kind of some background noise, like you're in a moving car or something, but... I am in a moving car. Let me change my audio. Okay. Is that better? Is that better? Yes, it is. Thank you. Okay. Um, so thank you for letting me share and thank you for your service. I um, I like to share when we talk about the concept of, of God or higher power because when I came in, I had no concept of a higher power except uh, a negative one. I was an atheist and I felt that um, those who were religious uh, were kind of deluding themselves. And um, when I came to the program and read step one about powerlessness, it was just like this release of uh, all these things I've been clinging to so tightly, including the notion that I could have gained control of my eating, but including the notion that in order to know that there was a higher power, I had to be able to prove it and see it and think about it. And that release has really continued, um, I mean, obviously with struggles now and then, but just this release that I don't have to know that there is a higher power and I don't have to know that there isn't a higher power. All I have to know is my experience, which is that in my day-to-day life, I experience peace and serenity that I couldn't experience when I was living under my own will and that things happen to me every day that show that I'm blessed with some kind of guidance and some kind of spirit that is a higher power. And I still bristle at the notion of when I try to define my higher power or try to articulate firmly what my higher power is um, because it's really fluid for me. But I love that this program allows someone like me who who isn't religious and who probably who may never be, but I, you know, I'm not closed off to that. But even if I don't become religious, it's it's okay because all that's required is that I believe that there is some power greater than myself that can help me with my problem. And as long as I can, you know, believe that that that's going to work for me and see that it's working for me, I can get the recovery that I need. And I've and I've gotten it. I've gotten the results. I'm I'm in a normal sized body now. And um, and so I think that's a really important message to people who might still be struggling with the notion of well, it, you know, everyone's saying God. Well, not everyone, but you know, a lot of people say God, and a lot of people are religious. And this program just doesn't require that. It it never says that it does. In fact, it goes. I feel like the prog- uh, the book goes out of the way to indicate that that's not the case that it doesn't have to be a certain way. And there's relief for me um, because I'm allowed that freedom and I allowed myself that freedom to let go. And that's the biggest thing, just the release of the need for control and understanding to be willing to live in a place where I don't have that 
and still be peaceful. So thank you for letting me share, and I'll pass. Thank you, Kristen. Okay, we have time for four or so more shares. Who would like to share on the first paragraph on page 47? Jackie G. KP. KP. Can take a couple more. Mary M. Mary M. Cheryl C. And Cheryl C. Okay, let's go with those four. Okay, Jackie, I'm sorry, I didn't get your last initial. KP, Mary M, and Cheryl C. Go ahead, Jackie. Hi. Hello, this is Jackie G. And G. Uh, okay. I'm in here from New Hampshire, and I really just wanted to share this is my first two weeks in this uh, phone meeting and this paragraph is so close to my heart because when I first came into OA eight years ago I had no um, desire to have a God of my own understanding or anything and you know being in the rooms for a while I really started to see who was recovering and who was kind of staying the same and the people who were recovering were those that had a pretty strong faith or at least were open to the idea. And that was enough to convince me that maybe I should try this and maybe I could use it as a placebo effect because I was very much in, into the idea that like everything could be explained with science. And so I, I was like, all right, I'm going to trick myself essentially <laughs> into believing in, in this higher power and it it all started with believing that coincidences were actually miracles. And I started to see the world in a different light. And um, it says it in this paragraph, this is all we needed to commence spiritual growth. And that was all I needed to commence spiritual growth. It was something so small, but over time, it really did start to take effect in my life and I became more and more willing to see God in everything and to see God working around me. And obviously being in the program, you see God working in other people's lives and that's very powerful. And that's a really good um, example of God's grace in real life. And um, since then I've had many, spiritual experiences and um, you know the beautiful part about it all is that my concept of a higher power is fluid and it changed over the years and uh, it continues to change and grow as I um, you know continue to desire God in my life because I felt the difference um, so it's just a beautiful thing. And, and I remember when I first came in, I really bristled with antagonism at the word God. And it's so funny because uh, I think God, ha my God has a sense of humor and uh, you know, it's hilarious how, how quickly that can change. So um, that's all I wanted to share. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Jackie. Okay. KP, it's your turn followed by Mary M. 
Okay, star one to unmute. Okay, there you are. I, I thought I was, and then I realized I wasn't. I'm sorry. Okay, that's okay. This is KP, South Carolina, and uh, I don't know that I'm even going to take up my three minutes, and maybe somebody else will have a chance. But my history with God was uh, not a real good thing. Of any male figure, I had a very abusive father in every sense of the word. And uh, then he left, and that was good. But when I was a teenager, I was attacked and uh, raped as a, a teenager on a parking lot. And then later on, a very abusive marriage, very similar to my father. And uh, it was very hard for me to see God as a loving, kind figure since everybody said he. So by the time I came to OA, I had already decided that my God figure was going to be female because I had a wonderful, kind, loving, helpful mother and grandmother. And they are not my God figure. Don't don't misunderstand me. But I see my God is my God is the same personality type as those two wonderful women in my life. I see God more as a female, and when I first came in OA, I was concerned when I heard them saying God all the time. I was afraid I would not be accepted because my belief was a little different than theirs, and I finally admitted this to two of the kind ladies who were very helpful and kept telling me, come back, come back, and I finally said, I don't think I would be accepted because I don't believe that God is a man for me. And they said, we don't care. Nobody cares. How you see your higher power is your personal business. And I was so relieved. I had been abstinent for over a year and recovered for most of that year. I couldn't tell you the date right now. But this is the life I have always wanted. And I have the loving, kind God that I always wanted. Thank you for your time. I pass. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Kay. Okay, we have five minutes for two more people. We have Mary M. followed by Cheryl C. Mary M. Star one. Hi, hi, this is Mary M. from Connecticut. Um, I was compulsive overeater. Um, so grateful to be on the line with everyone this morning. Um, I have to tell you, uh, we agnostics is probably my favorite, uh, one of my favorite chapters anyway. Um, and this comes with saying that um, it was a chapter that I had nothing highlighted in, nothing underlined in, because I didn't think um, I needed it. And it was so far from the truth. Um, it's the chapter that um, ministers to my heart the most about my own uh, concept of God. And I, I uh, came into the room many years ago with um, my own concept of God. That was so important to me because I came from a very dysfunctional family. And I always saw God as uh, the one who really saved me from a lot of that dysfunction in many ways. 
And so tampering with that concept, that my childhood concept of God was scary. It was almost sacrilegious to do that for me. Um, and I resisted that. I resisted looking at God in any other way than, than the way that I um, knew him to be in my life. And so um, what I found in recovery this uh, time around, because I've gone through many relapses, is that my concept of God was very limited. But I'd also say that um, the thing that uh, made the difference for me this time around is being connected with the power of God. And that, I believe, was what was missing, is that I didn't have a concept of God as all-powerful and a God who um, could help me to, um, to, to be abstinent, a God who had all-power. And so that's what I would say is different, is my concept of God um, has changed in the most significant way of connecting me to power and to God's power um, and in relationship. I think I always thought that I had a, a good relationship with God. Um, I felt like I was someone who prayed a lot, um, but but I still couldn't, I couldn't recover. I couldn't um, get abstinent and stay abstinent. Um, for any length of time. Um, I couldn't work the steps. Um, and I, again, with shifting my concept of God and um, being finally being in a place where I was open to experiencing God in a new way and beginning to see power begin to flow in my life as I do today um, is what has made a huge difference for me. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, and have a nice day, everyone. Thank you, Mary. Okay, and we have two minutes for Cheryl C. This is Cheryl. Okay, great. I'm over Kentucky. So I just wanted to kind of claim my seat, and I'm looking forward to seeing people at the convention in November. And I just wanted to say, as um, in regard to this passage and having a connection with higher power. Um, I just have been very grateful for steps 10, 11, and 12 because they have just really helped me with my conception of my higher power, maybe more so than any other steps because, um, you know, when I first, I guess, got started with the steps, I felt like my higher power was too high to reach. And um, through 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis, I just... It really helps me um, with other fellows to reach out together to um, find this, you know, higher power that can help me uh, just through the day uh, be connected and really, you know, kind of find who I am and how I can be of help to others and um, just, you know, really experience that that blessing of um you know, having a spiritual experience and being a spiritual person um, rather than just a person who's running around like a chicken with its head cut off <laughs> trying to uh, manage life uh, on life's terms. So anyway, um, I just wanted to um, have the opportunity to share, so thank you very much for that, and have a good day. Well, thank you. Perfect timing. So, um 
Thank you to everyone who shared, and please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. Closing, the share ID for today, August 9th, 2019, the 7 a.m. meeting is 13,257. That's 13257. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Barbara E. please read A Vision for You, a book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you for this opportunity. This is Barbara E. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and we will surely summon us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.